Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now enjoy this message from Rick Benjamin. What are your hopes for Unite? This is speaking to me. What do you see that is beautiful? That's easy. And the potential for greatness. If you could come back in a year or three or five, what would you hope to find? What would make your heart full? So that's my message, which begins now. And the title is, My Heart for Unite Church. Before we moved in January of 2022, I did a message that I called My Letter to Unite Church. It really was a love letter from Dolores and me to all of you. Probably nobody remembers it. I had to go back and look what I said. (laughs) But I I do want to review briefly some of the strengths, some of the cornerstones, the foundational concepts, issues that have helped this church all these 60-plus years. I'm just going to review these very briefly. One, the Bible, for sure. The written-down Word of God. This church has always been a Bible church since day one, for sure. The Bible's been our foundation and our guide over 60 years. Bible preaching, messages in church services that are loaded with Bible verses, just huge mega doses of vitamin B over and over again, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all these years. Teaching, we're a Bible teaching church. We want to get it right, want to teach the truth. A Bible school that we did here for 25 plus years and taught over 4,000 students, that's true. And this church was never much larger than 1,500 members. Think about that. So we taught all those people. I was one. How many went to Abbott Lou Bible School? Yeah, we're still here. And then I'm so excited about the foundry, which is the restart of a school of ministry here in this church. And I tell people wherever I go, guess what? We're doing it again. They started a Bible school. I got to teach the first two years. I'm so excited about that. People paying their money to learn the Bible and learn how to be ministers and servants and missionaries and pastors. How great is that? How wonderful is that? But most of all, the Bible in this church has been something that we live. I've always been so proud to be part of this church because I feel like I'm with many, many people who really want to live this, like Zach was saying before. It's not just something we sing or something we do on Sunday. It's our lives. So the Bible is something that we have internalized and operationalized in our living every day. We walk the talk, and I just want to encourage that with all my heart. Of course, continue with the Bible. Two, the Holy Spirit. We've always been a Holy Spirit church from day one. Pentecostal, everything. We speak in tongues when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like prophecy and healing and words of knowledge and tongues and interpretation, all of them. Worship and prayer, always been important. What changes is the styles, the songs we sing, the instruments we use. It's the same Holy Spirit. We're just worshiping God, and we still do. We always will. Many churches are Bible churches, very strong on the Bible. That's good. Many churches are Holy Spirit churches, very strong on the Holy Spirit and all the gifts and all the rest, and that's good. By God's grace, this church has always been a balance of both. 
And so as a result, evangelicals and Bible churches would say, oh, you guys read the Bible too? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> We're Bible people. Oh, good. And Pentecostals would say, oh, you guys are Pentecostal too? Always, always. Spirit-filled, amen. This has helped us so much. I could tell you, I won't take the time now, times we got out of balance in one direction or another over the years in this church. There were times God had to correct us, honestly. But he always did it so faithfully by the Bible and by the Holy Spirit. He helped us catch our balance and then keep going forward in God's will. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Without the Holy Spirit, frankly, it's just us doing this. No thanks. With the power of the Holy Spirit, all things are possible, really. That's right. And we need more Holy Spirit surprises. Many of you know I'm a Bible guy. Amen. But I'm also a Holy Spirit guy. I like it when he does stuff. I grew up coming to church not knowing what was going to happen. I'm serious. And if you missed a service, oh, you should have been there. Oh, man, stuff happened. I was, we always kind of know what's going to happen, of course. We're going to sing. Someone's going to speak. But that didn't always even happen, okay? We need more of that. We need more of the Holy Spirit interrupting us. We need more of the Holy Spirit saying, okay, that's fine. I'll take it now. And doing something new and amazing. Yes. We need all of the above. Three, leadership. This church, by God's grace, again, has had good leaders all these years. I don't adore my dad. I don't worship my dad, but I'll praise my dad right now. He really was a very special and amazing once-in-a-generation kind of person. But that amazing balanced combination of character and integrity and gifts and all of those things. And like I said, he just kept on saying yes and following the Lord. And all the other leaders too, like Dick Strutz and so many others that we've had. Pastors, elders, the five-fold ministry, what a great discovery that was for us. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We've had spectacular prophets in this church and spectacular teachers and evangelists over the years. Integrity, character, servant leaders, gifted people, hard workers, all of the above, including Josh and Joni Tanner, and now including Zach and Jen Neese. And I just appreciate you guys. I keep telling you this, but I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad you stayed. Thank you for your ministry here. And the board, the elders, Robert Roll and Larry Hubble and Billy Jenkins, who was here today leading us. Thank you so much for serving and being faithful. And may, maybe others I don't even know. And maybe you, by the way, speaking of leaders, I'm talking to all of you now. Maybe it's time for you to step up and become a leader and accept responsibility and care for others and make this whole thing go. Maybe God's calling you with gifts and graces to do that. And finally, number four, members. I have learned that what really makes all churches go, if they go, is you. The faithful, ordinary, regular saints, servants of God. To my peers, my fellow baby boomers who are entering retirement, and have already retired, many of you, I can't tell you how much I respect you and how grateful I am to you 
for your faithfulness all these years through all the changes and all the ups and downs and all the seasons and all the stuff you've been through. Thank you with all my heart for your faithfulness, and I hope you're glad you stayed. And love to those that moved on and God moved them other places. Thank you for staying, praying, and giving. Who knows how many millions we've all given to the Lord here. Only God knows. Serving, serving the church, serving people, hospitality, the way you show love to people in your homes, witnessing, telling people about Jesus, bringing people here. Do you know that we measured this a couple times? 40% of this church got saved in this church over the years. That's huge, 40% conversion growth. This is where we were born, here. Just all your faithfulness, I can't thank you enough. And, of course, keep it up. And if you're a younger generation, now I'm talking to you. It's becoming your turn. I'm not, a, I'm not a prophet, but this is happening. As we baby boomers are retiring, there's coming this whole gigantic transfer to the next generation. Will you t pick up the torch? Will you take the baton? Will you step up and be the next generation of leaders? If there's going to be a future, that simply has to happen. And I believe it is happening, and I'm so excited about that. My heart for your night church. Okay, this is new. This is an addition. End of review. Are you with me? For all these years, this church has been motivated by a vision. Today, I hope to impart to you a vision. Vision is about seeing. I want you to try to see something that we see. Like Paul prayed, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I want you to see something spiritual with your spiritual vision. The vision I'm talking about, we used to call the Bride of Christ. And even that came with some imbalances along the way. And so in recent years, we've been calling it more the Glorious Church, capital C, the church. What is it? It's a vision that we see in the Bible. It's a vision that we see by the Spirit for our church, this local church, and the church everywhere, that is all believers everywhere, all around the world, to grow and mature and be unified and fulfill the Great Commission and reproduce the ministry of Jesus in the world. Jesus prophesied it. I'm just quoting this verse now, Matthew 24. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Beloved, that has not yet been fulfilled, that prophecy. Then Jesus promised things like this. In John 14, in the upper room, he said to them, The works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works you shall do, because I go to my Father in heaven. A lot of those great works have happened during these 2,000 years of church history, but I think there's more. When he said even greater works, there's more. In the same room, Jesus lifted up his eyes, and stopped talking to them and began to speak to his father in that awesome prayer. And I do have this for us. It's John 17. The words of Jesus, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world for them I sanctify myself, 
that they too may be truly sanctified. One more, Ben. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. How many of you have believed in him through their message? Yes, he's praying for us. All of us. All the millions of us. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me, have loved them even as you have loved me. Are you seeing this? It's so awesome. If Jesus hadn't prayed it, we wouldn't have the faith to even believe it. But Jesus prayed this. It must be God's will. And if Jesus, the Son of God, prays God's will to the Father, it's going to happen. But today it's like this prayer of Jesus is not yet fulfilled, not yet answered. Sure. Listen to the words, sanctified. What does it mean? Set apart. It means different than people around us. It does mean holy, made holy by the truth, by the word, he said. Unified. What does it mean? One. One in love. One in relationship. One in purpose. Like the Father and the Son. That's a mystery of unity we can't comprehend. That's what he prayed for. Glorified, he said. What does that mean? Full of him. Full of his glory. Full of his presence. Full of his power. That's what Jesus prayed for. Then the Apostle Paul taught it. Same vision, different pictures over in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11, we got it, Ben. Do we? There it is. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until there's a goal, there's a destination here, there's a target, until we all reach unity in the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. One more. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The picture is a, is a body, a living, interconnected, diverse, dynamic, growing, living thing. We call it the body of Christ. Yes. Don't you love those phrases? The unity in the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, the whole measure of Christ. These are staggering statements. Talk about potential for greatness. That's it. That's the greatness. I always think about the family road trip, you know, on a vacation. We used to drive station wagons. Nobody knows what that is anymore. No seat belts. And we're driving across the country, you know. And the kids are in the back seat. He's touching me. He's touching me, you know. But the question the kids are always asking, you know what it is. The question the kids are always asking on the road trip is what? Are we there yet? Beloved, brothers and sisters, 
Are we there yet? The answer is no, we're not. We're not there yet. There's more there. The very next chapter, Paul teaches from a different picture. Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. This is the bride. This is that picture. Can you see it? Radiant, that's the word. We sang it today. We sang, Jesus, you are radiant. Yes, he's the radiant bridegroom, and he's going to have a radiant, glorious bride who is all of those things, holy and without blame and without blemish and all the rest. It's there again, sanctified, unified, glorified. And yes, we're not there yet. I've always loved this vision. It's always been here. We have a vision of the future of the church that's glorious and inspirational and exciting, and we can't wait to see it all really happen. The prophecy fulfilled, the prayer answered, the promise kept. Yeah, we see in the Bible, and we see in the culture around us, the world is getting worse and worse. We should not be surprised, and we should not be afraid. I hear the radio preacher saying, oh, globalism, there's a conspiracy. I say, yeah, duh, Pastor Obvious. It's in the Bible. Of course that's happening. Why are you speaking like you're afraid? This means it's coming sooner. Jesus said, I've told you in advance. Don't be afraid. This is all the beginning of the birth pains, he called it. We see that. We should not fear. Jesus told us so we wouldn't. But at the same time, while we see this happening in the world around us, we also see in our generation the church getting better and better and growing and stronger and more mature and more holy and more loving and more powerful at the same time. Yes, we will go through hard times. That's in the Bible too. And we will overcome. Some of us will overcome those hard times, we've always taught this, by being protected and going through the hard times by God's grace until the end. And some of us will overcome those hard times by giving our lives for the Lord. That's nothing new. That's how it's always been, from the first century to the 21st century. Either way, we're overcomers. A man of God, James Durkin, once said, you can't kill me. I died a long time ago. <laughs> And it's not just in the future. This vision has always motivated me today. Even hearing it now, it just makes me want to grow up. I'm 67 years old, and I'm still growing up. It still just makes me want to get strong and be ready and be faithful and go through this thing one way or the other with God. It, it, it affects me daily and my choices and relationships and priorities and all those practical things. And I want that for you. And a couple references to the book of Revelation, the ultimate book of pictures and visions. My favorite Revelation verse is 17, 14. They will wage war against the Lamb. Yeah, we know that. But the Lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. 
That's us. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the warrior lamb. He's going to win against all that stuff. But he won't be alone. Called and chosen and faithful. He does the calling. Aren't you glad he called you? He chose us. What a privilege. Aren't you glad? But the faithful, I think that's our response to being called and being chosen. It's to be faithful. Oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. I want to be with you, King of Kings, Lamb of God, as one of your called and chosen and faithful followers. And then Revelation 19, I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the song we sang today, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder. And it was us, it's people, praising God like thunder and lightning and waterfalls and all the rest. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. We're going to get there. We're not there yet, but we're going to get there. That's in the Bible too. And his bride, there she is again, has made herself ready. That's the word, ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And the fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Summarizing now. My heart for Unite Church is please never lose this vision. Can you see it? The vision of what he wants all of us to become and what he wants all of us to do. The vision of what this local church can become, what this local church can do. Sanctified, unified, glorified. Yes, this is beautiful. This is the beauty I see and pray for. Potential for greatness, yes. Ultimate greatness, so I have some questions for you. From the old, almost retired Levite, your brother, <laughs> your brother Rick, who loves you, and I want these questions to come from that heart of love. What I'm basically telling you today is I love you. But here's my questions and my challenges for you. Sanctified. Are you more holy than you were a year ago? Are you more set apart to Jesus than you were a year ago? Are you more like Jesus, his heart, his character, his love, the fruit of the Spirit, than you were a year ago? That's supposed to happen. Unified. Are you more in unity and love and relationship with people in your life, your family, your friends, your brothers and sisters in this local church? Are you more unified and more loving and more one than you were a year ago? That's supposed to happen. Unite Church, that's your name. Are you more united with the church in Anchorage? Hundreds of local churches in this city that all worship Jesus together today. We drove by many of them on the way here, didn't we? Do you pray for them? Do you realize we're all one or we're going to be one? Are we more unified than we were a year ago? That's supposed to be happening. Glorified. Are you closer to him than you were a year ago? Are we, am I more filled with his spirit than we were a year ago? More of his presence, more of his power, more of his glory, like he prayed so the world can see him. It's not about the world seeing us. It's not about the world seeing our church. It's the world saying, oh, we've seen this before. It's not them, it's him. 
He's back. He's here at all of them, millions of them everywhere. But it comes one person at a time. What do I want to see in three to five years? I want to see more. I want to see us closer to each other and to him. I want to see us better and greater. That would make my heart full. I'm thankful today. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Josh, for this opportunity to try to share my heart with this church today. My heart will always be with this church. Even after I'm gone to heaven, I'll still probably dream about Abbott Loop, okay? It's, it's here. How could it not be? It's love. But I am positive. I've always been positive. You that know me know this. Yes, even my blood type is B positive. I have it right here. And there's been times that my optimism was naive and really not tested. It's been tested, let me tell you. But the joy is still here. I'm so thankful. My baseline's always been joy. I've always been a joyful person. That's the fruit of the Spirit, too. But it's not just that. I'm positive about the future, one, because of faith built on the past and all the ways God has led us and taken care of us through the past. God takes care of churches. The Holy Spirit takes care of churches. It's all up to him, really. Jesus said, I will build my church. It all belongs to him. So that's my faith. That's one reason I'm positive. And secondly, I do trust the leaders of this church and that God will provide many more like you, your integrity, and you're following the Holy Spirit. And I do believe in this vision that I share with you today about the future of his church. But what's really important is not Rick Benjamin's heart for a church. And I'm not trying to be humble. What's really important is God's heart for this church. You must seek him and pray and hear from him and ask him always, what is your heart, Father, for this church? Where are you taking us by the Spirit? Based on the Bible, led by godly leaders, supported by faithful members. But I know it includes this, more and more sanctified, more and more unified, more and more glorified, becoming that glorious church, fulfilling the Great Commission until the day that Jesus comes. And with him will be his called and faithful and chosen followers. And that's my message, and that's my heart for Unite Church. Amen. And thank you. I've become a crier. I should say I always was a crier, but I just stopped stopping myself from crying, actually. The spirit of Carol Benjamin comes upon me sometimes, and I just want, just want to cry. But I do want to pray. Would you please stand with me? I'm going to pray for us, and then they'll come and close. Father in heaven, from you and through you and to you are all things. To God be the glory. We love you. We worship you. We thank you for Jesus and for the Bible and for the church and for the Holy Spirit and all the gifts you've given us. Thank you for your faithfulness to this church all these years. To God be the glory. We just pray by your grace. Keep on leading this church. Keep on revealing your heart for this church. 
Keep on making us closer to each other, closer to you, more like you, more empowered by your spirit. Let us be in that number, all of us, to see your will be done and your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. And include us with it. And when you do it all, we'll just stand back and say, it was not us. No, it was you. It was all you, from you, through us, to all things. In Jesus' name, we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.